Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special and exciting Think Hope podcast. And the reason why I say that, I say that for various reasons. Uh, the first one being that we are finally in April which is the National Month of Hope. We have been leading up to this time. We have been having different Think Hope podcasts talking about April is coming, April is coming. Well, the recording of this particular podcast, April, the National Month of Hope, or National Hope Month, is here. As usual, we are excited. We are so excited. It's one thing about this this powerful force of hope. It does keep you excited because think about it. To have hope is to have expectation. You're expecting that things are going to get better, that something good is going to happen. And whenever you're in a state of expectation, there is excitement there. It's like a surprise. You're looking forward to something, and you know that it's going that it's going to happen. And so we've been leading up to this month all year long where we celebrate Mothers in Crisis. We're the founder and administrator of the April National Month of Hope through the National Day Calendar. That's where we received the designation back in 2018. Uh I was and I've been on a uh an interview uh we doing a national media campaign this year again. The first uh, year, 2018, we did a national media campaign, uh, radio primarily. This year, we're kind of adding television and radio into this campaign. And I tell you, it's been so exciting just going all across the United States uh, virtually uh, via Zoom and via the, the radio. And um, and so I had a wonderful, wonderful interview. I hope I get a chance to share that link uh, that I was interviewed uh, on this On Point, On Point uh, talk show. And uh, that was earlier today with Carlette Christmas out of Louisiana in that, in that market. And um, she said, you know, I've never heard of the, that April was the National Month of Hope or, or April was the National Hope Month. And then I said, well, it just started in 2018. And she said, oh, I guess that's why. Yes, it is fairly new. But, you know, one thing that I can say that this year it is different than the first. I, I believe that 
that we're kind of making some traction here. Uh, you know, whenever you are pioneering something and you're you're laying the groundwork and you're it's like you go out there and you're you're breaking up the fallow ground and you're just putting those seeds out there saying, Hey you guys, hey, we got a we got a month that we can celebrate hope and, and hope is powerful and hope is needed and, and you can learn how to be more hopeful and you're just kinda throwing it out there. But I don't know if it was because of what happened with COVID uh, 2020, and and we're currently still in this pandemic, or or what? But people are just soaking this up. They are soaking up this hope. It's it's a different flow, a different. It's a difference now. It's gaining traction, and people are 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 open. They're listening. They're 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 taking in the principles of of how to become more hopeful, how to think hope, how to take hope breaks. Uh, we are so excited this year that we have our Balls for Hope campaign, uh, the 2021, and I tell you, that has been so exciting and so refreshing that people are really grabbing hold of those balls, and it is rolling right along, <laughs> pun included, intended, this Balls for Hope campaign. And uh, so we are so excited. I'm going to read our official press release uh, about April as the National Month of Hope. And then I'll tell you the second part of, of our excitement is that we are going to continue the series of what we what we do each year leading up to April, the National Month of Hope, all through April, National Month of Hope, is share with various Hopi awardees. And this year we, we decided to include a posthumous category so that we can recognize some that had already gone on, but their legacy remains, their legacy of helping others practice enduring empowerment. And you talk about enduring because now this is even beyond the grave that their lives, their legacy is still bringing hope. And we have none other than Minister Araneta Fryson, who is the daughter of Reverend Dr. Bernice Clausell. And we're going to find out about this phenomenal woman. And we even have clips where we will be able to hear her in her own words. And and each one of these podcasts that we do with Hopi Awardees, it's always great. I love doing that because by the time we're done, people understand, oh, I see why, you know, they received uh, Hopi Award. I see why they are being recognized. And, and it also gives others a chance to celebrate them. So we're excited about that as well. But let's get, let's get started here. Uh, April is the National Month of Hope or the National Hope Month. I love that, too. I hear some people say that. And we are officially announcing the Hopi Award recipients. It's the National Month of Hope, and this year we have implemented the Balls for Hope campaign and we're giving stress balls to frontline workers and others in need of hope. As founder and president of Mothers in Crisis and also the National Month of Hope, I know that hope is needed now more than ever due to the 2020 coronavirus pandemic that many people are still suffering the effects of, and we don't want to, you know, just gloss over that because, 
people are getting infected every day. People have lost loved ones. People have been infected. Uh, I tell the story of what happened with my husband and I. And so this is a real thing. And um, and through the Balls for Hope campaign, we are spreading hope one ball at a time. And it's just a way of saying, you know, instead of feeling stressed, squeeze that hope ball. Instead of feeling lonely, throw that hope ball up and get some endorphins moving in your in your brain and, and, and begin to feel better. It really makes a difference. Having seen the impact that hope can have on people's lives, Mothers in Crisis launched a national public awareness campaign in 2018, beginning with the designation of April as the National Month of Hope, challenging people to think hope and make hope connections. This is, and so in the inaugural campaign, now it has turned into a powerful movement and is going international this year with individuals in Pakistan and other countries adopting the tenets of the whole Hope Campaign and celebrating April as their National Month of Hope. And we had a kickoff in Pakistan's uh, Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that uh, Turning Point Pakistan Church, they are now celebrating April as a National Month of Hope and also others within that, that area. And now, coinciding with the National Month of Hope, the organization has announced, uh, we, are, we are announcing, the recipients of the third annual Hopi Awards, Helping Others Practice Enduring Empowerment. These awards will be presented to those who exemplify helping others to practice enduring empowerment while spreading hope in the family, church, school, community, marketplace, nation, and the world. The 2021 Hopi Award recipients, Benjamin Crump, civil rights attorney, and we had him on Think Hope podcast for just a, just a brief brief conversation on last week, and, and we have that podcast on demand. Dr. Temple O. Robinson, MD, Vaughn Community Health Center, and we had her on, and we have a, that powerful interview with her on demand in the podcast that you can listen to. Barbara Boone of Leadership Tallahassee, and we had her on, so we have an on-demand podcast of the interview, and we talked about how empowerment was important in leadership. So that was a very, very strong one as well. Can Harvest Food Bank of the Big Bend, Florida A&M University COVID-19 Testing Center, and we will actually have them with us on the last, Tuesday live, and I believe that's April the 27th, that they will, someone from that center, the one, the director, I believe, will be on, because I tell you, they have certainly been a beacon, a beacon of hope as as we have uh, been tested there, many, and, and, and I tell you, just having to, to, to see them and to see that that's a place that you can go and get tested free of charge, it, it made all the difference in the world. So we'll have Tanya Tatum with us on the 27th talking about FAMU University COVID Testing Center. And also on the uh, Pastor Darius Washington, he's the lead pastor of Faith Life Church in Tallahassee, uh, as well as a, a producer and recording artist. And he is going to be with us uh, on the 20th, I believe. And... Um, the D.D. Jackson Foundation, 
and that is Tito Jackson's children, TJ, Todd, and Terrell Jackson, and they were on. So, yes, they were on, and so we have that on demand. We had a uh, a very wonderful conversation with TJ Jackson, and I was just thinking about, wow, I am talking to Michael Jackson's nephew, and they're doing a wonderful job with the D.D. Jackson Foundation. Their mother, Dolores Jackson, was brutally murdered uh, by uh, an ex-boyfriend who did serve time for that crime. And uh, they were young men at the time, uh, teenagers. Uh, T.J. was the youngest. So it's really how they were able to take that tragedy and now bring hope to others, and especially young people, through music therapy. Um, the, Boris, the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, that's Taraji Henson Foundation, that is bringing awareness and help for mental health, mental health issues in especially the black community. And last but not certainly not least, the state of South Carolina and their state symbol, part of one part of their state symbol is Dum Sparrow, 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 Dum Sparrow, Sparrow, which in Latin means while I breathe, I hope. And we're going to have a young man uh, from the state of, uh, of South Carolina, and he's going to be with us talking about the Urban League program that they have there, uh, Project Ready, that is empowering, is Matthew Long, Jr., and he'll be with us on... I believe it is the 13th. Yes, so he'll he'll be with us next week. So we have a great lineup. Now let's get into our posthumous Hopi awardees: Tyson, Chadwick Boseman, and Representative John Lewis, and the late great Reverend Dr. Bernice Clausell, and that's who we will be celebrating on tonight by bringing in her daughter, Minister Araneta Fryson. Hello, Araneta. Hello, Dr. Tompkins. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Hello. It's so good to hear oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Glad that you well, were, so good were able to... Thank you. It's so good to be uh joining in with you tonight. I was so humbled and honored to to be asked to join you tonight uh, to talk about my mom. We appreciate this opportunity. Well, I tell you, um, it's such a, it's such wonder. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to recognize Reverend Dr. Bernice Clausell for all of the contributions, the work that she's done over the many decades um, and what I want you to do, because you are her mother, you knew her better than any of us, although she was <laughs> such a dear friend to me and so many. I want you to introduce her and tell a little bit about your mother. Wow. Well, uh, I know we don't have much time <laughs> because this could yes. take some time. Uh, however, um, yes. My my mother uh, was born in Georgia, but she only stayed there six months, and they moved to Columbus, Ohio. But um, my mother lost her mother 
um, when my mother was only six years old. So, and there were 10 children and 10 motherless children. And so um, she had to learn early in her life what hope was all about, you know, before she could even spell the word. She had to do it. You know, she had to hope. Uh, But thank God for a blind auntie named Aunt Maddie that uh, took some of the children and raised them. Three of them lived to be grown, uh, and uh, my mother was the the last one to leave to go to heaven. But in um, in her life up north, she became very active uh, in civil rights movement up there with Adam Clayton Powell. She had uh, moved uh, to New York and worked in Washington, D.C., and uh, there were a lot of civil rights movements that she participated in. She was one of those that sat at the lunch counters, was spit on, you know, had their coffee cups thrown and mashed into the wall. And, you know, she endured um, kind of, uh, but she she always had a purpose, and she always wanted uh, to bring good change to her people. So she got involved early uh, with that, and then she met this tall, handsome man named Reverend James Aaron Clausell <laughs> around <laughs> the 1940s. <laughs> And wow. I, I, they were just they were just uh, joined together, just as if you know it was almost on their birth certificate that they were supposed to be together. It just happened just uh-huh. like that. And uh, cause he was a minister, and I know God was setting her up for something. And she uh, had to move, of course, from New York down to Florida. And she says she cried all the way down on the train. <laughs> <laughs> certainly after she got settled in to Florida, you know, she began to learn her purpose. And she she got busy right away. She started organizing uh, groups. Uh, you know, she, she organized the uh, Baptist Minister's Wives Council, I think was one of the first she ever organized in the Tallahassee Association of Christian Women. And then an organization that is, is still um, going strong today is the National Association of University Women. And ah. uh, she was, yeah, she was instrumental with that group, and it's a group of educators that do a lot uh, for the community. And, of course, she was able to, you know, fulfill her purpose with them, and they are still going on. Uh, thank God for that, living out, you know, her dreams and legacies. So um, she was um, standing by her husband's side when they decided together to start a church around, you know, in the late 50s. And the the church started with prayer meeting in our home, right where I'm sitting now (laughs) on Joseph Street. Wow. And... um, it started with a group of, you know, neighbors and uh, community friends. And uh, then uh, 
the young people started coming and wanted to uh, be a Christian and be baptized. So, you know, they're saying, wow, we, we, looks like we're going to have to get us a church. <laughs> so, but yes, they, they were able to baptize the young people. They borrowed a, a, a baptismal pool at another church, but they started looking for a piece of land. And uh, my mother always had her eyes on the blackberry patch right across from our house. And she kept hounding my daddy. I remember, did you go and check on so-and-so? And finally he did. And sure enough, uh, out of their own pocket, they financed the building of a Calvary Baptist Church. And uh, it, uh, Calvary Baptist Church uh, outgrew its first building, uh, uh-huh. which uh, was sold to another church. And But they were um, very instrumental in joining the community together with their outreach projects. Calvary is known for their many uh, gatherings in the yard, uh, uh, rummage sales and uh, uh-huh. giveaways and just all kinds of events that you can even think of. Uh, she just was into loving people. And that's what she's always done is love people. She's always brought hope to people. People have asked her to stop and pray for them at the gas station, at the grocery store, uh, wherever, and they just believed in her. And she believed in them. And that's really what struck me a lot was how she believed in people. She believed that they could be something, or they could reach a desired goal. And she would ask God, you know, to help them with that. And they trusted her. And uh, so our church, you know, was filled with people that had been touched by her and my dad. And um, so to outgrow a building was a good thing (laughs) because Uh that means that the evangelism had taken place, you know, and hope was growing uh, yes. within the people. So, but uh, we did move. I think it was in the year 2008 to our current building uh, over on Dale Street, which is now Calvary, the Cornerstone uh, Church. But um, I, I want to say that uh, I think it was the year 2006 that we uh-huh. had a Black History program at the old cavern on Joe Lewis Street. And it it was a role model program. That's what it was called. Everyone was supposed to think of someone, you know, that they that influenced their life, that they felt was a role model for them. Invite them there, introduce them and, you know, tell the story of how they influenced your life and present them with a certificate. And Reverend Bernice Clausell chose Reverend Dr. Rosalind Tompkins as her role model <laughs> back in oh, 2006. Wow. <laughs> and, and I and know you me, remember me, that night at the church. <laughs> yes, let me just say I was 
I, I mean, that was one of those moments where, you know, you just go down on your knees and on your face. <laughs> I was so honored for her wow. to designate wow. me as a, as a role model. So, so I want you to continue, but I want to stop now and let's hear from her. Let's hear. I have clips oh, and I have yes. a yes, I have a clip from her talking about her book No Time to Die. Now, yes. how old was she when she wrote that? Uh, it was actually published, I believe, in 2013. But she okay. had been writing on it for many years. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to play a clip from that cuz I interviewed her way back then uh whenever we decided to have her book we lifted up her book in our hope universe happenings as a summer read yeah. so let's let's hear this phenomenal woman in her own voice yeah. no time to yeah. die and i'm talking about none other than the Reverend Dr. Bernice H. Causell. So I'm going to read uh, just a little bit about uh, Reverend Causell, and then we'll officially bring her on and hear from the woman of God from her own lips and from her own heart. Amen. Amen. Reverend Dr. Bernice H. Causell was born in Georgia and reared in New York and ministered in Florida for most of her life. She is affectionately known by a few other names, Tallahassee's Mother Teresa, the State Mother's Mother of Prisons, the Reverend Mother, Pastor Emeritus, Madeer, Grand Madeer, Grand Margar, and Honey. Welcome, Reverend Clausell, to Hope Universe Happenings Blog Talk Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you. I tell you, this is uh, quite uh, a... Uh, uh, a, a life, amen, as I was reading, amen, your introduction and just very well written, just representing uh, just such a life that's just, just well lived. Uh, it's, it's just quite an honor to have you on the show. And also uh, I've been uh, talking about this summer reading list from Hope Universe, and uh, one of the main books that's on the top of our list for the summer, and just uh, just a good reading, is your latest book, No Time to Die. And uh, so we want to be so we want to have some time to just you know talk a little bit about that book and everything. But first of all, I'd just like to say welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing just great today. It's a wonderful day for me. Um, Praise God. Amen. Praising the Lord. That is beautiful. I'm so I'm so happy to hear that and I've been praying that you would have a beautiful day and that you would be able to join us and 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 what have you because I've been so excited about your coming on the show. And uh I guess just want to start off by asking you Reverend Clausell, uh what's your inspiration and motivation for writing this this book? Now, is this your first book that you've written No Time to Die? Well, actually, it's my first real book. When I taught at Head Start in 1966, I wrote a little pamphlet book, a very small book, Mm -hmm. uh, about the Head Start program. And uh, it was successful, too. We sold all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly the teachers bought them at that time. Yes. Yeah. So that 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 was my actually 
first writing of something that was published out. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've done a lot of other kinds of writing. Oh, okay. I but understand. In no time, that's my first real book. Okay. Well, uh-huh. praise God. Well, I'm so glad that you that you did write it. And uh, what what made you write it? Or I mean, because now at at this age of 95 years old, and uh, so now you're finally kind of getting that book out there. What was your inspiration for doing that? Well, actually, uh, something inside of me kept pushing me, you know, to write. Uh, and, and as I talk with people and tell them different things about my life, they said, well, you ought to write a book. You ought to write a book. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, finally, it hit me that I ought to write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I sat down and began to write a book. And as I wrote, it just uh, became so real. Everything came back to me. And there were so many things I wanted to put in the book that I couldn't mm-hmm. put everything in there. Uh, and so I just, I just overflowed with the enthusiasm for writing this book. Yes. Well, how long did it take you? <laughs> well, two years, actually. Okay, okay. Two years because I never really just sat down to do nothing but write. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand. Write a little while and stop and come back maybe a week later. Uh, stuff like that because I was busy doing other things. Mhm, mhm. I understand. Yeah, because you're you're quite busy. Absolutely. So that was the late great Reverend Dr. Bernice Clausel. In her own words, uh, I interviewed her, uh, talking wow. about her book "No Time to Die." So, Minister wow. Araneta, how? What are yeah. you feeling right now? How do you feel hearing your mom? Oh, my goodness, I just cannot tell you. I'm smiling for sure, and, uh, I mean, she's just so phenomenal, you know, and, I mean, she has left, but yet she's here. (laughs) You know, it's just so wonderful, and and thanks to the knowledge of technology, the knowledge that you have to pull things together, I so appreciate that. I was also thinking while she was talking, that uh-huh. we've always said, the family has always said, if the book ever becomes a movie, we would want Cicely Tyson to play her. <laughs> to oh, play wow. And I, so could, I, could have, so I could have seen so that, awesome. yes. Yes, but it's so awesome that they're both being honored, you know, this year <laughs> and this month together at the same time. <laughs> Because, yes. you know, that's what we were wishing, that they could be together. So, hey, it happened. <laughs> Absolutely. It happened. And and so. I tell you, that's so similar, so similar. And, and one of the things that, that really, really was a blessing to me, and I know many other uh, women ministers, was the fact that she mm-hmm. was a pastor in a Baptist you know, denomination, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and just being that gracious role model. She every time I saw her, she held herself with such uh, uh, honor and 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 just regalness. And uh, so, yeah. tell us on the inside how how was that experience for her? Uh, 
being the first pastor, becoming a pastor. Um, yes, especially as a woman. Yes, right. She walked into this with a lot of courage. Um, she always said God knew she was a woman when he called her. <laughs> so, you know, it's yes. not something that, you know, she had to go and explain to him. He knew that. Uh-huh. God knew that. And yes. so, but she was very concerned about explaining that to her husband, Reverend Dr. Mm-hmm. because he was from the old school. Women don't uh-huh. preach. And the pastoring is just out of the question. So as much as we love our father and, 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 and everything that he's done, uh, he, he said to her, well, I guess you have to join the Methodist Church. <laughs> that was his comment to her. And so she really, really had to pray, and she, you know, she met with some of her mentors and confidants about it. Uh-huh. And she just had to step forward, uh, on, you know, with God's leadership. And yes. um, it just so happened that my father, you know, started falling ill, and he was unable to, um, you know, carry out pastoral duties anymore. And uh-huh. on the night that we had the night we had a church meeting where he actually resigned, before he ended his speech, he said, "And you don't have to look far for a pastor. You have one that's been beside me for many years." And I just thought my mama wow. was gonna faint. Just, I thought I had to pick her up from the floor. <laughs> and we were all, you know, but, I mean, we, we were just all as children because we know what she went through. She had some yes. crying days there because she knew yes. it was going to be a hard pull, you know, to first convince her husband and then, you know, to just um, be in this role that is not traditionally for women. So, you know, she had some ministers behind her, and and some went behind her back and voted against her. And because the, you know, in the state convention, they actually took up this this uh, topic of women uh-huh. ministers. And uh, it, but that was in the seventies, okay. And yes. uh, of course, the state convention really did not condone it. Uh, however, the church called her as their pastor. And she stepped up to the plate, and she fulfilled that role for 18 years. Um, 18 years. Pastor. And I tell you, she was a wonderful mm-hmm. pastor. The Lord anointed her with a gift, yes. and she was such a role model to to so many other women like myself, who, as she said, yes. God knew that I was a woman when he called That's me. Right. And to see her Absolutely. step out like that especially during yes. that season, and still now there's some pushback. Um, but I want to yes. share a little clip from a sermon, and I call it a sermon of hope, that she preached mm. for us at uh, at Turning Point International Church, and, and so that mm. everyone could just hear for themselves that God Almighty called this woman of God, this vessel, to preach his word. Yes. So I'm going to share that, and we'll mm. come back and continue the conversation. A President's Award for her volunteer service from President Barack Obama. 
Amen. I was very blessed to be able to uh, uh, present that award to her. God's love and the love of people keep me working and preaching with vigor and vitality. Well, even now at the age of 95, that's powerful. Amen. I said I'm just going to face it anyhow. I'm going to face the wind and trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of wind you have to face. Uh-huh. But I'll say to you, whatever kind it is, just face it. Yeah. Yeah. It may be the wind of sickness. Yeah. It may be the wind of death. Some of your people die. Uh-huh. It may be the old enemy out there uh-huh. blowing and a bluffing. Uh-huh. It may be the wind of financial
and uh, yeah. she was um, encouraging, very encouraging, very hopeful. Um, so I tell you, she definitely deserves this Hopi Award, and we just yeah. thank God yeah. for her, and we thank God for you as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Thompson. It's such an honor, and I appreciate her choosing you as her role model because that's how you and I became close. <laughs> you oh, became yes. really oh, a, yes. a great mentor in my life as well. And so iron strengthens iron. <laughs> yes, and we've traveled. We've traveled to Haiti together, and oh, uh, you were yes. on our Thank you. South so, Africa. I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to do missionary journeys, and so you made that possible for me. <laughs> and that, that was one of the first things I did, you know, uh, a few months after her passing the same year, I was able to go on my first missionary journey to Jamaica with you and the Hope Squad. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so you've been on several then, several with us. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's ex- that, that is so powerful. And uh, I, I'm going to let you go, but before I let you go, and then Christ mm-hmm. Vision Tribe, we're gonna we're gonna have our conversation more about uh what's happening with April and National Month of Hope. I wanna I wanna yeah. play one last clip in your mother's own words and she was talking mm. about legacy. So mm. uh, let's let's listen to that mm. and then we'll wrap this segment up. You have you have yeah. truly, truly, uh, as they say, paid your dues, and you have gone through so many uh, different eras and different movements, and now we are, I can't believe it, but we are about out of time, so I want to just kind of wrap up and give you a, a, an opportunity just to share a little of what you see as your legacy as you as you're continuing you've written we've written this great book and as you are uh, uh wanting others to to remember what you've done and who you are and, and what are you leaving for all of us to continue <laughs> well there's still much to be done yeah you know uh all has not been done and there's always something to do mm-hmm. and uh the, the the leaders now they they can just jump right in, take mm-hmm. over and continue the work that's been done by others that's been started by so many people. Yeah. Uh, and these people, these leaders have taken it so far. Mm-hmm. But they could only take it so far. So it's up to the coming up leaders now, the young people coming up now, mm-hmm. uh, to take hold and carry on. Uh, you know the. Uh, trouble in the colleges and they can uh, you know let their name be uh, printed there that they're doing something there because it needs uh, leadership there uh, mm-hmm. in the city in government mm-hmm. uh, so much to be done uh, they just need to have the courage to step out yes and take hold because some sometimes people want to do something but they're waiting for the leader some mm-hmm. leader you yes. know, to come forward like Moses or Aaron or some of those people uh, come uh-huh. and lead them on. Yes. They, yes. They, they, they're not going to just step out on their own by themselves, but they're, they, they're looking for somebody with the courage and enthusiasm to work and lead them on. And, and people will follow 
if they got a good leader. You know what I'm saying? There's much yes. to be done. Much. There's much to be done. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and you I, are I certainly. I want to say this. Go you ahead. have inspired me. <laughs> what you've done through your life has Whoa, been. Oh, praise God. Oh, it touched me so much. You, you've been great in leading well. people. Just jumping in and doing. Yes. You've done it. You've done it. You're still doing it. Well, thank you so much, Reverend Carlzell, and I tell you, I have certainly been inspired and continue to be inspired by you and the great work that you've done and and just the leadership that you have been able to show all of us that are coming and uh, running with the torch and running with... Yes, I tell you, that that right here, every time I I, I hear that, it brings tears uh, to my eyes because your mother was such a gracious gracious woman and it's such a blessing that her legacy continues and and we have this torch and we are running on with it and we are running hard with this hope campaign letting everyone know that as long as there's breath in your body there is still hope Hope. and she's looking down and smiling at you right now <laughs> well, back at you. <laughs> well, um, I yes. guess we'll be seeing you at the press conference coming up, and um, and certainly, yes. thank you so much for mm-hmm. for all of your your support and for just being a part of Citizen of Hope and being a part of this whole Hope campaign. Just know we love you and God bless you. And you know what? We celebrate yes. you as well oh. because. You, and I want you to hear me, you are phenomenal, and God is using you mightily. You have picked up your mother's torch. Mm -hmm. So this one, Mm -hmm. as we we end this part, goes to you. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you so much, Dr. Thompson. It's been wonderful speaking with you tonight about my mom and All that you do, may God continue to bless your purpose. Amen. Thank you. you. God bless you. Yes. All right. I tell you, that was so powerful. We're going to take just a small break and and just uh, pull ourselves together here (laughs) and and share this song, this one song that I've kind of adopted, uh, Change the World, and and it it really kind of sums up what we're talking about in this whole campaign.
that is none other than Airy Cole and Psalm Rain Change the World. Go on out wherever you get your music from, whether it's uh, iTunes or Spotify or any of those places, and look up this young man, uh, Airy Cole. He has some very positive positive music out there and this this song changed the world we've kind of adopted it as a part of our whole campaign because we believe that we can change the world with love with faith and with hope and we know the greatest is love and we know that god has given us this whole hope campaign and that's our mandate so i'm going to bring in uh a few of the Vision Tribe members that are in queue. We'll start with Nettie because I saw her hand raised. Hello, Nettie. How are you, Dr. Thompson? Good evening. Uh, good evening. Good evening. So, how are you doing? I know you've, you know, we've been following your progress since your operation and kind of sharing it out here. Many people heard it, heard about it for the first time. So. Just checking in with you and, and just give you a chance to share how you are doing. Well, I'm doing great. I just give God all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And, and I thank God that we know that that's what it takes, this hope. You know, not only yes. through the balls of hope, but being able to spread that hope one ball at a time and knowing that, as long as breath in my body, there is still hope. So that just gives me a lot of empowerment and hope. Yes, yes. So you're doing well. You had your operation, and you're taking it easy. Are you able to rest? Yes, I'm able to rest. I have a lot of support from my family. As a matter of fact, I'm surrounded by all my sisters now, and they're um, enjoying the broadcast as well. Powerful, powerful show tonight. It brought tears to my eyes, too, as I thought about, you know, the joy that Mother Clausel brought. And I I remember when she chose you as the role model, I was blessed to be able to go over there with you. And and then even in her uh, uh, sick days, I was able to be one of her sitters, and that was such an honor. Yes, wasn't that so powerful? It brought back a lot of memories, didn't it? It did, it did. Great memories, great memories. Yes. Well, I just thank God, like I said, for this National Month of Hope. I thank God for being a part of an organization as Mothers in Crisis and what it's brought to my life and being able to continue, you know, even healing, in my healing, still being able to try to help others, you know, practice that empowerment. So I just thank God for you, these 30 years that you've been able to continue on, and congratulations to you as well. (laughs) Well, thank you. I wanted to ask you this before I let you go. Um, How is hope playing a role in your recovery now from your operation, your heart operation where you got the defibrillator 
and also the next operation that you're going to to have? Well, that is a, a easy question because, you know, hope is knowing that it's going to get better. Right now I yes. have problems when I'm walking, trying to catch my breath, doing things that I've done before with no problem. So uh-huh. looking forward, going fast forward with this operation with my defibrillator, those things that are going to aid my healing, it gives me hope knowing that I'm going to have a better heart. And not only yes. that, but the expectation that God is going to put his, you know, super on this natural as well. So I, I even have a bigger expectation of what's going to happen. So right now I'm expecting. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. We say a big shout-out to you and your whole family, and uh, we are continuing to to pray, and we have hope. Amen? Amen, and thank you. And as you always say, as long as there's breath in my body, there is hope, and I am breathing, so thank you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Yes, and and I tell you, one of the reasons why I I asked uh, Nettie to share her experience, because as I've been on this this national media campaign this year uh, promoting hope, because that's what the Hopeologist is all about, it's it's our patent. I have a patent with the the U.S. uh, Patent and Trademark Office. I have a trademark, as a matter of fact. And it is the promoting the awareness of hope through public advocacy. And uh, and as we are uh, going forward, and as I'm on these different interviews, people need to hear stories. People need to hear how this hope really uh, is is a real force, and it really plays out not just in your mind, not just the Polly Annie, oh, I wish I, I may, I wish I might, as I, as I say, but it is a real thing, and it's not just for the past, oh, you know, whenever I went through something, you know, 30 years ago, but it's for right now, and we are going through things right now. I've been sharing about my COVID experience that, my, that me and my husband went through just here recently and how much hope played a role because because what we want people to understand is that this is not just some pie in the sky Pollyanna thinking this is real and and you can take what we're talking about and apply it with what whatever's going on in your life you know everything is not going to always be peaches and cream as as they say Everything is not going to always be going your way. You look around and, and and there are real problems. There are real situations. There are real issues. We are facing real things in our lives. It's not that, oh, we have hope because everything is going well. Everything is all right. But, but, but one of the things that I've been pointing out is that hope is for the future. Faith is for right now. So whenever you have hope, you say, you know what, I may be going through right now, 
for just as Reverend Crosdale's sermon as she was preaching that sermon on facing the wind. I know, just as she said, I know that everything is going to be all right. How do I know that? Because I know that God is able. I know that he is real. I know that he has brought me from a mighty long way. And just as he brought me through one thing, he's going to bring me through this. And that's what hope is all about. It's a it's a powerful force and it's something. Because if you think about the alternative of giving up, then what do you have? That's how people end up committing suicide. So as we end today, we are out of time. I just want to say a big God bless you. If you'd like to find out more information about the whole Hope Campaign, please go to makeahopeconnection.com. We'll be back next week, and we'll be back every Tuesday live in the month of April as we are celebrating this National Month of Hope or this Hope Month. And God bless you. We love you. Bye for now. And we'll see you next week. Remember, as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.